Such sweet worship tonight, wasn't it? Yes. Are you excited about that worship you just had? Yes. I, I'm going I'm to need one of these stands, but I don't, I never know what to do with the books exactly. So what is it about this Christmas thing anyway? Christmas. What's it about? What is Christmas about to you? What is Christmas all about? It's about, well ultimately, how many would say, it's about the greatest gift ever given. God's love. Jesus Christ. That's really what it's about. All the worship and all the things that we just got done singing together, all point to that. It all points to the love of God, which was shown to us through Jesus. Love came down. Love came down from heaven in the form of a little baby. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, our Savior, the Savior of the world, the greatest gift ever given. And did you know that there's never been a time in our entire lives that we haven't had access to that gift? It's Christmas every day. The greatest gift ever given. But honestly, what is Christmas all about? I've got some notes up here that I want to share with you guys. And remember, I'm a grandpa now. <laughs> so some of them I need to, you know, here we go. What is Christmas all about to you? Is it about the nostalgia, the family gatherings, the, the trees, the beautiful lighted Christmas trees? Decorating your house, making it glow. The family meals together, is it about ham? Or turkey? Or both? Or neither? Or pizza? The traditions. Maybe it's about a Charlie Brown Christmas for you. Watching it with the family and eating sugar cookies and milk every year for our family. Honestly, maybe it's about the Christmas carols or the songs. I mean, the songs, the worship songs that we just sang, those are awesome and they're wonderful. And there are other songs and other Christmas carols that are fun. But honestly, are they, what, has anyone ever actually seen chestnuts roasting on an open fire? <laughs> I mean, this song comes on, the Christmas song, and it makes us feel these warm fuzzies, and it's like, oh, it's Christmas season, and having a bad day, we'll just turn that song on and we feel a little bit better. But honestly, have you ever actually seen or smelled chestnuts on an open fire? Does anybody really actually like Jack Frost nipping at your nose? No. No. It hurts. It doesn't feel that, nobody in Indiana or West Virginia or Ohio or Pennsylvania or anywhere from the north ever would say, I like it. No, we get out of our car, we pump our gas, it hurts, we get back in. In the middle of the winter. 
Is it, is it actually fun to ride outside in a, with a one-horse open sleigh in the freezing cold? That would not, I don't, maybe that would be a little bit fun, but only if we're here at UTC, where it's 77 degrees outside. That's the only place that would actually, actually be fun. Maybe it's about the, the movies, the Christmas movies for you. And honestly, I don't know, please don't answer this, but why are Hallmark Christmas movies actually a thing? <laughs> Did you know that it only took, takes an average of two weeks to film each one of those? It's a fact. I Googled this. I saw the fact. I would never know it otherwise. But Home Alone, Lost in New York, now that's a Christmas movie, okay? In America, this is one survey said that this is what Christmas, 95% of Americans say they celebrate the holiday. 93% say they exchange gifts. 65% attend church or religious services. I think we need to increase that one just a little bit. 74% go to parties, 88% put up trees. And did you know that there are 1.7 billion of these made every year in America, which equals 167,000 miles, which would circle the equator 6.7 times. If you line them up. It's a lot of candy canes. Originally created to help children's choirs to stay quiet when they're not singing. What is Christmas all about? Christmas is about the gifts. And all these other things too. But ultimately, the gifts. The giving tree. Helping a foster child to have a Christmas to give gifts, and if we're honest, we might receive one too, and it's okay with us. But ultimately, ultimately, what is Christmas all about? It's about the gift. The one greatest gift of all, which is Jesus. The greatest gift is love. And love came down. That's what we're talking about tonight. Love came down. Jesus came down. God sent his son to do that. He came. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that for to us a child is born. He came down. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As we're going through this conversation tonight, as we talk about how love came down and how Jesus Christ was sent and he was born and the Christmas story is real and it's true for each of us in our lives, I want to encourage every single one of us to reach up however you would do that within your heart and your soul and receive God's love tonight because it's available for all of us. The greatest gift is his love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In fact, the Bible says in James, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Did you hear that? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. It's coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, and he never changes. 
Jesus Christ and God's love is available to us every single second of every single day. It never, ever changes. That truth never stops. It never changes. No matter what you felt today, no matter what you thought today, no matter what happened to you today, no matter what happened to you tomorrow, God's love never, ever, ever, ever will change or stop. That is the truth forever. There are lots of things that might stop and might change. This will never change. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He did it. He sent his son. Why? So that we could have eternal life. What a gift. Can you imagine this? This isn't a gift given so that we could receive something under the tree or have a good day at the beach or ride a one-horse open sleigh in the warm weather or to eat a candy cane. These are all great things. Or watch an actual Christmas movie that we like. Have a Christmas cookie. Have some hot chocolate. Do it all. Enjoy it. Have time with your family. Do the things that actually matter at Christmas. But never forget, never ever, that ultimately, Christmas is available every day. God gave. God gives. That's who He is. And He just keeps on giving. There's never been a time in our life that we haven't had access to God's giving. Ephesians 2 8 says, For grace and salvation are the gift of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can all give testimony of many, many times in our life that God has given to us. He's given to us. We can all, if we know Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and in this room, we can say he's given to me the greatest gift. But there's been times in our life, we can all testify times that God has given to us that he's seen us through. We see it in scripture. We see it throughout the entire Christmas story. God gives, he just kept giving, he just kept giving. He gave Jesus ultimately, but also he gave provision to Mary and Joseph. He gave his word through dreams and through angel visits. He gave prophecies fulfilled. He gave a star to lead the Magi. He gave angels to lead and talk to the shepherds. So they would go and see, and he gave direction for everyone. He just kept giving throughout the entire Christmas story. That's all God's doing. He's giving, he's giving, he's giving. Ultimately, why? So that we, eventually, every single one of us, can receive that same gift. It wasn't easy. The gift of Jesus was not easy. The gift of eternal life was not easy. Jesus had to die for it. But he was first sent, and he came down. It wasn't an easy road. God just keeps on giving. Why? For his purposes and for his glory. In the past and right now and the days to come, God gives. Love came down from heaven and it reaches us right where we are. Right where you are tonight. Right where you sit. Right exactly what's going on in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in your life, in your family, in your circumstances. God gives. And he will reach you and reach you right there. Think about it. Think about times that you've experienced the love of God. You've experienced love coming down to you. Think about it. What are some times 
Love came down that night, that dark night, that night that seemed like it would never end. And all of a sudden you heard and felt the love of God like you never had before. Maybe it was a, a scripture. Maybe all of a sudden somebody texted you something that you needed. Maybe somebody reached out to you. Maybe you got the note in the mail at just the exact right time in that night or in that day or in that season. What about that season? Love came down in that season. God talked to you about how much he loves you and how much you can make it and what's going on. God, what about in that season? Love came down in that season, didn't it? You remember that? If you're sitting here tonight 
and have you ever been forgiven of a sin? <laughs> ever. The greatest gift. Can you imagine walking through life with that sin in your soul? Come on, Jesus. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son, and they will call him, get this, Amen, which you know means God with us. Hey, love came down. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, love came down. When Joseph woke up, aren't you glad he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do? So many times in our lives, things aren't going the way we think they're going to go, and God comes down and he helps us. Guess what? It's my responsibility and it's your responsibility to then do what God encourages us to do. To take the step of faith, to make the decision, to make the change. This wasn't going as Joseph thought it was going to go. But when he woke up, he did. He did what the angel had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The story continues, the journey continues. They go to Bethlehem. They have to take a journey, a hard journey, to Bethlehem. You've seen movies about it on a donkey. I mean, you've seen different scenes. It wasn't easy. This love coming down, this gift of Jesus wasn't easy. It didn't come easy. It, it was a long journey, and it was hard. And Mary and Joseph did it. God helped them. But Mary and Joseph chose it. And they chose it. But God helped them and loved them and came down and continued to guide them and send dreams and send angels and send help and send provision. God just keeps doing that for them. You'll see it in the story. And he does it in our lives too. How can we ever, ever question that God can't deliver? How can we ever question that God can't provide? I don't know. I mean... He's provided in my life so many times. Why then sometimes do I wake up at 5 in the morning and worry about how that's going to go? Because I'm me. <laughs> and you're you. And we worry and we think about things. And we were like, well, God did it before, but how's it going to go this time? And then he did it again. And then he did it again. How can we ever, ever question that God won't give and provide? If he never gives me anything else again, my entire life, he has already given me everything I can ever need in the greatest gift ever given, and that is Jesus Christ, my Lord. That is so good. The journey continues. They make this hard journey all the way to Bethlehem. There was no room in the inn. The angels showed up to the shepherds. The shepherds go, the glory, the birth. All these things happen in such a time. It all happened in part of this journey, which you have heard about and read about. Look in Matthew 2. This story continues. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? It's an interesting question. 
These people aren't necessarily looking for a king or the king of the Jews at that particular time, but they asked, where is the one that's been born king of the Jews? And then listen to what they said. We saw his star when it rose in heaven, and we have come to worship him. They saw a star in the sky that was peculiar, that was different, that was like that special. There's something there. That means something. And God was inspiring them. God gave that star to lead them to Jesus. He did it. This past week, some of you guys looked up at the sky and looked at the moon and looked at Mars going behind it, and it's mesmerizing. It's like, what is that? Somebody, I was with somebody else on my house after the men's party, and somebody was saying, whoa, that's the space shuttle. And it was not the space shuttle. It was not a satellite. It was Mars going behind the moon. And, uh, but the skies have always mesmerized us, right? The stars, we look up, and they're bright, they're beautiful. We're, we're like, what is this? The heavens declare the glory of God. This star had appeared. It was a different star. They had never seen it before. There's history about that. You can read all about that. But these guys, these magi, they said, we saw his star. They didn't just say a star. Listen, they said his star. This is a special star. And it was a gift from God to lead. It rose and we come to worship him. Enter the villain. There's always a villain. Even in the Hallmark movies. When King Herod heard, the, the, heard this, he was disturbed and bothered him. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet was, had said, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, okay, he's taking a step deeper, pull these Magi in who he's like, these guys know something, he's secretly, he's got a plan, and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. It's again about the star. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, now listen to this, these Magi were not sent to Bethlehem by Herod. Herod thought he was going, he was doing this, he did some power trip, but he was not totally with them. God allowed these things to happen and he used it, but here's the thing, Herod thinks he's sending the Magi, but God is sending them. And the star is leading them. It was the Magi that had already seen the star, not Herod. He sent them to Bethlehem. Go and search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. What a deceiver. Kind of like the enemy. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And guess what? The star rose up and led them. It went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Imagine this. The star stops. And when they saw the star, they were so overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw Jesus, the child, with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they were prepared. They had come prepared with gifts. They opened their treasures and they presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God had put these, I believe God had put these specific gifts on their hearts to give. 
They're significant. They have significant meaning. These gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gold represents royalty. Frankincense represents divinity. Myrrh represents humanity. Jesus is king. Jesus is God. Jesus is man, all at the same time. These men came and they knew he was king of the Jews. He is Lord of Lords. He is royalty. He is somehow from heaven. He is Lord of Lords. He is a king. He is also God with us. He is divinity. He is worthy of our worship. He is a deity. He is from God. And Myrrh suggesting his humanity, his man, suggesting that he is the one who will die and be buried for us. They're significant gifts. But not really are they significant in this meaning. God continues to show his love. He continues to show his love not only to us. Remember, all of this is happening and eventually it makes its way to you, Josh. All this is happening and eventually it makes its way to you, Shelly. All of this is happening and eventually it makes its way to you, Christy. Dick and Rima, all of us that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, all of this is happening. The greatest gift and eventually it makes its way to us. God continues to show his love throughout history, but not only through these significant gifts, but he's given these gifts. Mary and Joseph are given these very expensive gifts, and they have no idea that they're going to need it. They have no idea that very soon they're going to have to muster up a bunch of money for a couple of more journeys. But God knew. God knows what you need right now. God's provision for Mary and Joseph is there through these gifts. God's love for them, his love for us. And also, watch this, Joseph's love for God and Joseph's love for his family immediately the way that Joseph responds to what God commands him to do. He already did it once, he's gonna do it again. The story continues in Matthew 2. The escape to Egypt. When they the Magi had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. There, stay until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. If you're a parent or a grandparent here, if you hear this kind of news coming to you about your child, that's very alarming. It comes to him in a dream, and he believes it. So what does he do? He waits till morning because he's lazy and he wants to sleep eight more hours. No way. He immediately got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. God's provision. All of a sudden they're going to Egypt. It's a long journey and they're gonna need resources to do it. They're all of a sudden, they're carrying gold with them. They're carrying, carrying frankincense and myrrh. God always provides when we need it. And they stayed there until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. 
Matthew 2, 19-23. A while later, after Herod had died, an angel of the Lord again appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judah in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, again, God helps him out. He withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a town called Nazareth. Another prophecy, he would be called Nazareth. Love came down. Time after time after time, you see it all? So many different ways in this story. So many different ways in the prophecy. So many different ways love came down to us and eventually, like we said, makes its way to us. It's the greatest gift of love. Love is the greatest gift. God's love through Jesus. For God so loved the world. And do you know that God has been saying forever to you and to me, I love you. God has been saying this time and time again to you and to me. Have you listened to it? Have you accepted this? Have you accepted the voice of God saying, I love you? He has shown it time and time again. We talk about how we can testify. God came down. His love came down to me. He provided during that dark night. He provided in that season. He provided during the MRI. He provided during that very difficult. He provided. He did it. He showed. He gave me the word. He gave me the encouragement. He forgave me. He gave me his son, Jesus. He's been saying, I love you forever. How many of you know, when we hear the words, I love you, from God, or we hear the words, I love you, from our Heavenly Father, it changes things. And how many of you know, really, in relationship, when we hear, when my wife says to me, genuinely, I love you, and I say to her, I love you, it changes. It, it, it matters. Those things really, really matter. And then, of course, expressing it in ways that are believable really, really matter. God has expressed, I love you, in believable ways throughout history. And he's still doing it. When we hear the words, I love you, from God or from our Father, it changes us. It settles us down in the house. I saw this video of a little baby. You may have seen it. The dad and the little baby, this dad... The baby's just gotten born, and she is crying. And the, the dad comes, and the baby hears the dad's voice and settles down. It's precious. I can't even remember times like, I mean, little KJ, I mean, we're grandparents, but like, when she started making a little noise when they're changing her diaper, I'm like, I'm, I'm up, I'm up. I'm like, my hand's on her chest, I'm like, oh, sweetheart, you're fine, you're, you're good, I'm right here. And it's just a baby change to get the diaper to, you know, it's like just one little noise. Our Heavenly Father knows exactly what's going on inside of our lives. And he's saying, I love you constantly. He's doing it. He knows. He hears the groans. He hears the noise. He sees it. He knows what's going on in your mind and your heart and your soul right now. That's our, the Lord, our God, who loves us. And love just continues to come down. This video is too precious for you not to see. Watch it. Not too long ago, I'm going through some video footage. And I run into this video of my youngest daughter being born. Now, of course, I was there. I actually took the video. But I had never really experienced it from this perspective before. Now, look, we're in the hospital room. 
she's uh, sticky and she's baby and all that stuff and she's in the middle of crying. And then I speak up, I start talking to her and watch how she responds when she hears my voice. which has shown to us so many ways. But through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, if you need, which we all need, but if you need to experience the love of God and grab onto the love of God that comes down for us, even right now, in any way whatsoever, we want to encourage you, invite you to respond to that invitation, that love, God's love, that perfect love. Jesus Christ, maybe, is not your Savior, your Lord, quite yet, or maybe you're just a little bit distant. Grab on that love, reconnect. He's coming after you. And maybe tonight, as you respond, we have, if you've never been here before, you see these candles on each side, and you can maybe light a candle if you'd like. It represents the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and you want to pray over a situation. These steps right here are places where you can kneel and pray. If you'd like a pastor to pray with you, I would be, love to do that. And I don't know who else is here that can pray with us. Marcia will pray after the service with you if you're a lady. You'd like to pray with somebody or 
or whatnot. And on the table also are cards, they're prayer request cards. If you have a prayer request you'd like to actually write down, put in a basket, our prayer team will pray for those this week. But no matter how you decide to respond, do this. Receive the truth. God is saying, I love you. And love came down for all of us. Amen.